0: And a very good evening to you. Welcome to the Catholic View. I'm Shayla Pitch. Thank you so much for tuning in. Well, coming up in today's broadcast, we take a look at education. And to do that, we speak to Yvonne Dos Santos from the CIE Tabiso Skills Institute. Medium wave 576 for your Catholic fix. Thank you once again for being here with me on this Tuesday evening. It is the Catholic view on Radio Veritas, and I'm Shayla Pirsch. Right. Taking a look at education, let's begin with world education. Many generations of school children caught up in war zones or disaster areas face misery unless the world helps to restore their education. Now that's according to the UN Special Envoy for Global Education and former Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, Gordon Brown. He was announcing a new global education fund on Monday, which will be officially launched at next week's World Humanitarian Summit in Istanbul, Turkey. Matthew Wells has this story.
1: Mr Brown said that the new fund called Education Cannot Wait would provide a lost generation with the first ever humanitarian fund for education in emergencies. It would try and reach a total of 30 million girls and boys around the world, including 20 million who currently have no access to education at all, he told journalists at UN headquarters. He pointed to the three million children in and around Syria as the most dire case, but also highlighted other conflict and disaster areas such as Nigeria, Yemen and Nepal. He said the fund, backed by an unprecedented public-private partnership, could be the only chance to save a generation lost to war, child marriage, forced labour and violent extremism.
2: We are facing uh, a huge uh, crisis for young people which will deliver Uh, misery to many generations if we do not act upon this. But at present, education with only two percent of emergency funding cannot uh, wait unless we deliver this new fund.
1: He said that the UN Children's Fund, UNICEF, would host it initially and the funds would be raised from more than 100 countries, companies and philanthropists working together. Given the importance of online access to learning, there'd be a special role played by information technology companies, added Mr Brown. He said he hoped that education cannot wait would live up to its name and be up and running very quickly. And that was Matthew Wells reporting.
0: Now back home here in South Africa, the Ministry of Higher Education and Training says the country's technical vocational education and training colleges are in trouble as thousands of learners are struggling to complete their studies. Leading companies are reluctant to offer students from these colleges the workplace exposure needed for graduation. Deputy Minister Duduzi Manana has met with the mining, auto and hospitality companies in some parts of the country and has urged them to afford students, particularly artisans, a chance for workplace exposure. Non-governmental institutions such as the Catholic Institute of Education, the CIE, have also come across similar difficulties. The CIE TABISO Skills Institute is a support agency for faith-based skills development centers. These centers contribute to improving the lives of people living in the poorest and most marginalized communities by providing practical skills training to youth and the unemployed. The role of the CIE TABISO Skills Institute is to create an enabling and conducive environment that assists the skills development centres to function as centres of excellence in skills development, employment creation, as well as poverty alleviation. Yvonne Dos Santos is the Program and Training Manager at the CIE TABISO Skills Institute. In this interview, Yvonne speaks about some of the challenges the CIE TABISO Skills Institute have encountered and how they have handled such difficulties.
2: We face very similar challenges with regards placing our learners into workplaces. Um, as part of those requirements. Um, the CIE to Beta Skills Institute has about 27 centers nationally who run um, programs, uh, skills programs, uh, different skills programs, some of them welding, bricklaying, catering, computers. And at, at the moment we've been dealing mainly with the welding component which will, uh, which will fall under the MERCETA. And we've been trying to place our learners into workplaces and we've found it extremely difficult. And Forzie and I, my colleague and myself, have attended quite a few um, conferences and symposia where the workplace-based learning policy has been addressed. And what we've noted is that it, that it didn't address um, short skills program and qualifications that our learners um, get involved in. So what we did was we, um, the CIE to, uh, to be the Skills Institute, together with the Department of the Higher Education and Training formed a task team to find ways of addressing these challenges. And what, what we found was that um, the challenges that we are facing is that it is difficult to find companies that will take on learners due to, due to these challenges. And I'm just going to list them, and I think the Tibet colleges will probably find very similar challenges that we face. Both the centre and the workplace, need to provide a coordinator or a supervisor or a placement officer that will manage the learners at the workplace. You know, We can't just put them there and leave them, somebody needs, needs to manage them and most times it's, a, it's a, a mentor that needs to be appointed who will manage the learner in the workplace and most companies don't really have that capacity and we find in that is a huge challenge. There's the issue of insurance and who's responsible in the event of an accident as well as a replacement when, re- when machinery has been damaged and who, you know, by learners, who who's responsible for the claimant of that. And those are the challenges that companies come up with. There's labor issues. Staff are employed at a company, the, those staff that are employed at the company. Feel that their jobs are, in, are threatened because these learners are coming in for workplace based learning and they especially mentored uh, at the company during their time there. Um, and there's also the whole issue of stipends for the learners. Nobody has budgeted for stipends for these learners to get to and from the workplace. So these are all the challenges that we're facing at the moment and most times the company are not prepared for these learners. And most times the learners are not prepared for, to go into the company, they don't quite know what is expected. So um, after attending these workshops, um, we decided to, in collaboration with the Department of Higher Education and Training, to form a task team so that we could address all these issues. And we, the task team was, was included many role plays from industry, CETAs, non-profit training providers and union representatives. The input that we found from some of the industry that were represented there was that we assume all companies know about this workplace-based learning, and they they actually don't. And it's important that that there is somebody, when you approach companies, that you explain the whole issue of workplace-based learning. So as a result of this task team, um, a few recommendations were made um, that, We need to employ, um, as a CIE to Visa Skills Institute, a placement officer, perhaps one per per province, that would make um, one-on-one research and contact companies um, in the area, different centres, to take on learners for workplace-based learning. There's no use just sitting on the telephone and asking people. We need to make personal contact with companies. Um, and I'll give you an example. Um, two of our centers in, in the Gauteng area have approached companies, but it was a huge mission to get these, these companies to take on these learners. All sorts of excuses were, were made, but eventually when they were convinced, they did take on our learners and they were very impressed by the learners, and some of the companies have actually employed some of our learners, even though they may have one or two uh, skills program. But the recommendations as a result of that from the task team were that a full-time placement officer would be around to to contact surrounding companies in order to place our learners. It was also suggested that proper preparation for the learner into the workplace needs to be done, and it was suggested that we design and develop three guides, one that would prepare the centre manager from our centres, one that would prepare the learner and one that would prepare the company so that everybody is, is on the same page as to what happens with this learner. I think what's happened in the past is um, perhaps in the Tebbit colleges or even in, in some of our company in our centres, we've tried to place learners and there hasn't been enough preparation of the learner into the workplace on all three parts. And sometimes the, the learner goes into the workplace and when the company asks them to do, and we use this as a, as a term, sweep the floor, they think that they're coming in just to do welding and they're not interested in doing those menial tasks that any sort of new fresh person would, be, would need to do. So learners need to be prepared for that and the company needs to know what the learner has coming in for it's been a very difficult task and we're just hoping that we're in the process of trying to put these these guidelines together and we're in the process of finding out it so for us it will be a pilot once we've um, trying to find funding to appoint a placement officer um, but it is a, real, a really a serious problem uh, it, it's not easy companies are not aware of most companies not aware of workplace-based learning and when we do ask them to to put learners in, they'd say they, they you know don't have the capacity and they don't have the space for that but um I think in the future it's just we're we're much smaller than the tibet colleges, so for us it might be an easier task once we get our act together in designing and developing these um, guidelines and once we 've appointed a placement officer but um and we're smaller, the typical colleges have a much bigger task because they have many, many more learners going into companies. But it just increases the, the unemployment stats as we go along because it's, it's, it's not an easy task. Yeah. And, and unfortunately what happens is because of the new policy being put in place for workplace-based learning, until a learner has completed that workplace-based learning part of the either their short skills program or part qualification or their full qualification, they cannot graduate. So we kind of, as much as workplace-based learning is the ideal situation, we're almost setting the learners up for failure because it's not their fault that they can't find a workplace in order to complete their their workplaces.
0: Yeah. and then, uh, Yvonne, sorry to catch you there, mm-hmm, but sure. what would you say would be the way forward? Like you said, for you guys, for the CIE, obviously, it's easier because you work with smaller groups. But for most institutions out there who are doing plus minus a similar type of work as to the CIE that uh, with the TABISO uh, Skills Institute, what would you say should be the way forward? Like you just mentioned now, you have uh, students who cannot graduate without doing their practicals. And at the same time, you have companies who are not aware of how these practicals actually work. Yes. You know, it seems like there's a, there's a gap there somewhere.
2: Yes, it definitely seems to get. We were quite surprised because it was a big company, a uh, representative from a big company that um, attended our workplace-based learning task team forum. And we were very surprised to, to, to um, find out from them that they really didn't know that much about taking on learners for workplace-based learning. And it was them that said that, that industry needs to be made more aware of taking on learners and why they should take on learners. And in the end, it should actually benefit industry because they're getting learners where they don't have to pay a salary, they're only getting a stipend, and the learners are coming in to learn, but they can contribute to the production in their companies. Another thing is um, we always miss out on the... um, We always think that we should place learners into large companies, big big industry um, companies, but... There's, there's a focus as well as there's many um, um, family businesses and small, medium, and micro enterprises where we could actually place learners which will help those small companies as well if they've got help from from people who've been trained. So, you know, my advice as well, or our advice from the kind of discussions we've had at the CIE to Visa Skills Institute is that we should also look to smaller companies, um, small SMMEs that are starting up as well, trying to get their businesses growing, and we place learners there. It will help them with their production as well so um, maybe it 's not that we should look for large companies all the time, but we should also I think Raymond Patel from um, the Mercy to actually said, try and find these people that are are working with you know in, in, in on the side of the road, trying to set up their companies in 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 welding and and in their own little shacks in the townships and, and work through them and put our learners there for workplace-based learning, um, those kind of things. We've just had a had an example at one of our centres where um, uh, an, an outside consultant was brought in to work with our learners on bricklaying and electrical and plumbing, and they used an old building, um, and they were working with them to try and renovate this building and they use that as workplace-based learning so they actually went into a site and, and renovated a building so there, there are various ways in which we can do it, but it does take a concerted effort to find those ways on how we can place learners out of the classroom and out of the workshop into a real uh, workplace where they can get that experience um, but it's very difficult because unemployment is high companies don't have the capacity to take in learners and taking people to employ, so it's kind of like an ever evolving circle, and um yeah with us it's much smaller and um and not as easy we We're hoping that when we pilot the guidelines and we pilot having a placement office it might it might ease the burden of our centre managers trying to find workplaces for the learners. We're just hoping that's going to be the way forward.
0: Well Yvonne, thank you so much for that explanation and like you said, unfortunately the is a high rate of unemployment, especially when it comes to youth. And, uh, of course, we also have to take into consideration the fact that people, you know, people who are older also want to secure their jobs and they yes. tend not to want to give the op- opportunity to young people. Yes, so, yes
2: that, that is what we find in, in, in most of the companies. Yeah. And also, just if, if I can just add on, if you don't mind, mm-hmm. the learners that we deal with at our centres are mainly the... Learners not in employment, educational training. Those drop out. Learners who have dropped out of school, perhaps at a grade nine level. Um, but we also have matriculants who have matriculated, but their matric is not good enough for them to gain access into tertiary ed- education. So we're dealing, we, we, you know, we do have matriculants who may have maths and English, but we're also dealing with a lower level. Whereas at the TV colleges, it might be a different, it might be different. So we you know we um, our approach mainly is to small to small businesses um and yes it's very difficult and we're just hoping that somehow or other this this will be re- resolved um it's, gonna, it's it's. i think we we're all learning in the process both the government the the the, the seaters private um, providers industry i think we're all trying to learn as we're going along, but it's not an easy task and it's 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 a huge pr- problem that we have on hand. Um, at the moment, Um, and we just need to find ways of resolving it. We try our best to do it as best we can as the institute and with the center
0: that we work with. Thank you so much for your time. I look forward to talking to you more often. Maybe next time we will take a look at retirement packages because that also plays a big role. People Mm. don't want to let go of their jobs because most (laughs) people do do not have a retirement plan. So they have to work up until the last minute or the last breath. And hence, uh, we're not really making space to accommodate the younger generation. So, yeah, those are things that are... Perhaps need to be looked at as well.
2: Yes, those, those definitely. Are because we have found, and even when we did a little bit of a survey recently of um, with our placement officers on the the problems that they're having, of these real problems that I've just spoken about now? We put in the, we put the learners there, and it's and it's they do have to have a mentor if we put them in the workplace for that learning, and then it, employers employees in the, that company. Uh, really are not happy about that because this learner looks as if they're getting special treatment because they have a mentor and they feel that they're going to take over their jobs because they've been trained there. There is no guarantee either, if I may just add that, if a learner is placed in a company for workplace learning, that doesn't mean that the learner will be employed at that company. Um, So, you know, that's why the actual company needs to be prepared and the employees need to be prepared that when a learner does come in, it's just to gain experience and that they're not going to take their jobs. So, um, you know, those are things that we need to it's, – it's a learning curve for everybody. Um, And and those are all things that we need to understand about preparing learner for that workplace. And the learner needs to know as well that when they go in there, it's just for experience, but there's no guarantee of a job after that in that company.
0: Certainly. Certainly. So true. So true. We need to be aware of that.
2: That's right. And once they've graduated and they do have a CETA statement of results, it gives them a better opportunity of gaining employment at another company or perhaps at that company. Yeah. But it just gives them, if they finished and they do get that workplace-based learning, they then complete their, their qualification or their part qualification and, and receive a CETA um, statement of results. That gives them a better opportunity of finding a job at a workplace afterwards.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Well done. Thank well, thank you. you so much for that very informative chat here. We certainly learned a lot and I hope uh, more people will become more aware of what needs to be done, especially to when it comes to their young children, uh, as children, like you said, who have passed metric but didn't qualify for varsity or tertiary education, or even the underprivileged child that and also needs an opportunity. Yeah. yeah. All right, yes. Yvonne. Thank you so thank much you once again.
2: Have answered your questions and yes we, we, we would be prepared to to talk to you more about about the all these challenges that are facing the unemployed youth we're just doing the best we can to help them find employment
0: and my thanks goes there once again to Yvonne dos Santos the program and training manager at the cie Tabiso skills institute <laughs> This has been your Tuesday's edition of The Catholic View. Remember that this program is produced and presented by Sheila Pirsch for Radio Veritas. I'll be back again tomorrow evening at the same time. Until then, thank you so much for listening. God bless you and ciao, ciao.